Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew, and specifically in chapters 8 and 9, we've been looking at the king's compassion. We've been looking at the compassion of Jesus. And, and it's also in these chapters that we begin to see that he is having confrontation with the religious leaders and the religious folks of this time, the Pharisees. And today we're specifically going to be looking at where he is going to be questioned, not by the Pharisees per se, but by John's disciples concerning why the disciples of Jesus aren't doing the traditions of the elders. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. We're going to talk about rituals. We're going to talk about the reality of your Christian life. And we're going to talk about ultimately, can I just be flat out honest with you? We're going to talk about whether or not there's joy in your life. I'm not talking about being happy. Because happiness is fleeting. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to talk about something much more deeper than happiness. I'm going to talk about having joy. Because you can have joy in the midst of difficulties and struggles that you're going through. Because if you have Jesus, you can have joy in him in the midst of everything. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want you to think about your Christian walk. I want you to think about your life with Jesus. I want to think about how you live as a Christian. And I want you to ask some serious questions of yourself. Would you say it's marked by joy? Is joy a part of your life? Because here's the problem. The problem is, I'll just be flat out honest with you, because we're, we're 2,000 years on this side of the story of Jesus. Do you understand? The things that we're reading about happened 2,000 years ago in Judaism, and Jesus comes and blows that all apart with who he really is. But here we are 2,000 years on the other side of it, and we've developed our own rituals. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've developed our own way of doing things, a way of doing Christian, what it means to be a Christian. And I'll just be flat out honest with you, we are marked by joyless ritual. Joyless ritual. What do you mean by that, George? Well, I'll tell you in a minute what I mean by that, but I want to give you two thoughts here. When it comes, here's the first one, when it comes to our Christian life, we think in terms of ritual. When it comes to our Christian life, we think in terms of ritual. What do you mean? Well, how's your Christian life going? Well, I'm going to church. I give. I have my daily devotional time. I read the Bible. I pray. Oftentimes when we talk about your Christian life, those are the things that you're going to focus on in your answer to me or to anyone else. You're going to talk about the things that you do. I serve. I do this. I volunteer. I help. When we talk about the Christian life, let me just be flat out honest with you, we think in terms of ritual. Am I correct in saying that? Think about your Christian life for a moment. Think about your walk with Jesus. Is it ritual? Do you say things like this? Oh, man, today's not a good day. I didn't, I didn't have my devotional time. I didn't read the Bible. I haven't prayed in a while. And so you base how your Christian life is going 
upon whether or not you've done one of those things. Do you know what I'm talking about now? Here's what I want you to see. When it comes to our Christian life, we think in terms of ritual. But here's what the problem is. Often, our spiritual rituals are joyless. Often, our spiritual rituals are joyless. Think about that for a moment. Think about the things that you define your Christian life by. Coming to church, reading your Bible, having personal devotion of time, praying, serving, whatever capacity. Think about the rituals that define who you are and your, quote, walk with Jesus. Okay, think about that for a moment. Now, here's the question. Do they bring joy to your life? You probably have never even thought of that before. Because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to do those things, right? Do you know know what I mean? I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to do those things. So, So my question to you is, have you thought about it in terms of, do they bring joy to your life? Or, can I be honest with you, or are you just doing them because that's what you do? Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm here to tell you that, I'm, I, that I believe very strongly that for many of us as Christians, the reason why we do what we do is simply because that's what we're supposed to do. There's no joy there. There's no passion. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's become ritual. See, why are you bringing this up, George? Well, because we're going to, we're coming along in chapter 9. We're going to look today at verses 14 through 17. And Jesus is going to be, the disciples and Jesus are going to be questioned by, by religious people about why they're not taking part in the rituals, in the standard, standard stuff that good Jews did back then. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and Jesus gives us a perspective here that maybe kind of helps us to understand maybe what, what is missing in our lives. Look, cause let's, let's be honest, because I've talked to some of you, and you want something so much more in your relationship with Jesus, and you've communicated very strongly that something's missing. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I would say to you that one of the things that's missing is joy. And I'll kind of refer to what the other one is as we go along. So let's look together here. We're going to look at these few verses. Look with me at verses 14 through 17. And notice what Matthew writes. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Then Jesus said to them, Can the friends of a bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the day will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do we put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine in new wineskins, and both are preserved. And here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these, these uh, four verses, and we're going to divide them really into two sections. We're going to look at verses 14 through 15, and we're going to see that Jesus is going to give us a perspective here, a perspective. And then in verses 16 through 17, he's going to give us an understanding. 
He's going to give you a perspective, how to look at things, and then he's going to give you an understanding of things. And specifically, we're going to talk about this whole issue of the place of ritual in your life and about a new thing, that Jesus was doing a new thing. Which, by the way, folks, you're saying, okay, George, we're 2,000 years on the other side of that. Obviously, it's not a new thing anymore. And here's what I'm going to tell you. It's still a new thing because a lot of you haven't experienced it. Because a lot of you are trapped in, are you ready for this? You're trapped in joyless ritual in your Christian walk. You understand what I'm saying? You're missing something. You say those kind of things. You want something so much more. And I would say it's because you're distracted by, by the wrong thing. So let's look here. We'll see the perspective and then we'll get the understanding. So notice with me, again, look with me, verse 14 through 15. Disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of a bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will fast. Now what we're going to do is we're going to see three things here. First of all, here's what Jesus is saying. Ritual robs our joy as it becomes meaningless. Ritual robs our joy as it becomes meaningless. Here's what he's saying. They say to him, hey, you know, Jesus, hey, you know, what you're saying is cool and everything, but, you know, we've been noticing something here. We've been noticing that unlike like us, the followers of John, and even the Pharisees, your disciples don't fast. They don't fast, Jesus. What's the deal with that? What's going on here? And Jesus' reply to them is he, he uses the metaphor of a wedding. Now, you guys like to go to weddings? Now, you don't like to organize them or be the one, you know, in charge of them. You just, I'm, I'm, if you're like me, I just like showing up, enjoying the food, dancing, and, uh, yeah, I only dance one way though. Okay. All right. With, with my woman. But I mean, uh, I don't boogie like some others do. Okay. All right. So. But when have you been to a wedding? Most of the times, I'm, I'm going to say most of the time because there is the odd wedding that isn't normal. Most of the time when you go to a wedding, is it a fun time? Are people happy? Are people having a good time? They're not down in the mouth. Like, oh, man, I can't believe they got married. Uh, there might be somebody there like that. But I mean, but most people are not like that, right? Do you know what I'm saying? They're not like that. It's a fun time, right? So Jesus is using this metaphor. He says, when the friends of the bridegroom are with the bridegroom, they're going to be happy. They're going to be excited. They're going to be enjoying life. Because he says to them, and it's a prophetic statement here, because there's going to be a time when the bridegroom won't be with them and they'll mourn. He's talking about his death. He's talking about those three days when they thought he was gone. But the bridegroom, meaning he, is here. And there's joy. Now let's just stop for a moment. I want you to think about your Christian life again. Think about your walk with God. Is, is, is joy a factor there? Is joy a factor? Now let me just stop for a moment because I, I gotta, I gotta qualify that, okay? Cause we've got, we've got so many different kinds of folks here. Some of you who are like me, German, you don't even like the concept of joy because you think that's gonna make you act some way that you're not supposed to be acting. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about 
how you act. We're talking about the sense of disposition of who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you may look mean and rough on the inside, but on the inside you're like, yeah! And of course there are other people who are like, yeah! But they're mean and rough on the inside. Do you you understand? We're not talking about that. We're talking about a sense of disposition here. Now here's the thing. When you get into ritual, have you ever noticed this with your devotional time? You sit down, I'm going to do my devotions. You read five chapters, because that's what I'm supposed to do, and a a proverb for a day. And you set it down, you pray, and you're going about, and ten minutes later you're like, what did I read today? You don't even remember what you read. We do that, don't we? You need to nod your head, yes. We just sang these wonderful songs here, didn't we? Some of them expressed some amazing truths, yet, and some of you were singing out. Now, if I were to say to you, what you sing? Well, I sang. What you sing? I sang. That's not the point. What did you sing? I, uh, I sang. You don't even remember. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Ritual robs us of our joy. How many times have you gotten up and you said, oh, you got to have devotions first got to pray like it's the burden to do that day before you get moving. See, this is what, see, ritual robs our joy as it becomes meaningless. Jesus is saying, you know what, hey, when the bridegroom is with them, there's joy. In fact, there's my second point. The issue is a living relationship with Jesus. That's the issue. The issue isn't your meaningless rituals that you go through. The issue is you spending time and having a joyful time with the living Savior, Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? That'll change your perspective of everything you do then, won't it? The issue is the relationship with Jesus. See, we don't think in terms of that. I'll just be flat out honest with you. You know, So you're sitting there and you're thinking, wow, tithe. Give. Come to church. Dress up when you come to church. Show, show up at the church every time the doors open. Volunteer. Help. Serve. Share your faith. And so you begin to think in terms of my Christian walk, my Christian life is a set of things that I have to do. And here's what happens. After a while, the joy is gone. But see, my friends, I want you to understand, the Christian life is not stuff that you do. The Christian life is a person. It's Jesus Christ. It's a living relationship with Jesus. That's the real issue. It's you having a living relationship with Jesus. Talking with him. Hearing from him through his word. So here's here's the point. Joy comes from an interactive relationship. Joy comes from the interactive relationship. Just like you would have fun at that wedding because you're there with the bride and the groom and you're all happy for them and and you're really enjoying the food and the dance and the music and the laughs. And Why? Because you're there with them. If you're with Jesus in an intimate way every day, joy comes there. How do you know that, George? Well, listen, I'm going to read to you a passage. A lot of times we... You probably even thought, you haven't thought of it before. First John chapter one, first four verses. John's going to give you the gospel of Jesus, and then he's going to make a summar, summarizing point here. Look with me. First four verses. That which was from the beginning, 
That's which we have heard. He's talking about Jesus. Which we have seen with our eyes. Which we have looked upon. That our hands have handled. He's talking about the physical Jesus. Concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and we have heard, we declare to you that you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. Now here's what he says. Here's a summarizing point. He's talking about the gospel here. He's talking about the living Jesus, their interaction with him, and that they're presenting this living Jesus to you so that you can have that interaction with him. Now here's what he says, verse 4. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Whoa. Did you get that? I don't know, I didn't get it, George. Okay, let me help you. First First three verses. We were with him from the beginning. We heard him. We were there. We handled him. The resurrected Jesus, we touched him. And he impacted our lives. And we had fellowship with him. And we had fellowship with God the Father. And we shared those things with you so that you could have fellowship with us and so that you could have fellowship with God and Jesus. Then he says, here's what he's talking about. He's talking about you and your relationship with the living God. Here's what he says. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. See, that's the new thing. See, that's what's missing. Listen to me. That's what's missing. I want you to think about your Christian life for a moment. I'm asking you the question again. Would you say that your Christian life is marked by joy? And if we're honest with ourselves, some of us have not experienced that in so long, we don't even know what that means anymore. You know what I mean? And so what he's saying to you, the joy that we want doesn't come by having more devotions doesn't come by giving more, doesn't come by doing all this stuff more. Do you understand what I'm saying? The joy that we want, the joy that will bring fullness to our life, only comes in one person, Jesus, and your interaction with him. See, that's a perspective here, isn't it? That's a perspective. So that's just those verses. Let's let's continue on here. We're going to talk about the understanding. Look with me at verse 16 and 17. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilt, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine in new wineskins, and both are preserved. What's going on here? He's going to use two illustrations. Two illustrations that in their day they would understand completely. I'm going to try to help you to understand them. First illustration is this. Nobody takes a new piece of cloth and puts it on an old garment as a patch. Why? Because when the new piece of cloth shrinks, it what? Tears away from the old piece of garment. Now, now, not, not, most people now don't remember these days. If you're older here, you do, because there was a time when it wasn't cool to walk around with, with holes in your jeans. Do you remember that? Now it's like the fact you have, you can buy them with holes now. But back when I was a kid, and we used to wear out the knees in our jeans all the time, mom would buy these blue iron-on patches. Do you remember those? I hated them. You got made fun of for having those blue iron-ons on. But that's all we had. 
So we understand patches. Because you don't put a new patch on an old cloth because when it washes, it's going to pull away and the tear will become worse. The other one is, now this is what I have to inform all of you about, is the wineskin thing. What in the world is that, George? Well, what they would use in their day for wineskins were the skin of a goat. And so they would use a fresh skin. Of course, they would bind it in such a way so they would have a container to put the wine in. And with a fresh goat skin, it would be flexible. And when you have wine, we're not talking about Welch's grape juice here. We're talking about wine. When they would pour it in, of course, wine's going to undergo a what? A fermentation process. So what develops inside that goat skin? Gas. And so the wine skins are going to what? Expand. And if you've got a new skin, a new wine skin... It would be flexible to handle what? The fermentation that's going on. But if I use an old one where the skin now is kind of dry and I put new wine in it and it ferments, guess what happens after a while? But this is what's going on. You don't put it in an old container because you've got to allow for expansion. Why is he using these two illustrations? Because he wants to give us an understanding about the new thing that he's doing. So here's three things. Number one, Jesus is not about patching up old systems of spiritual rituals. He's not into patching up old systems of spiritual rituals. I'm going to be honest with you folks. Folks have prayed for centuries. Jews have prayed for centuries. Jesus didn't come just to revamp prayer so that it would be a mindless ritual for you to do now. Jesus didn't come to establish a new system that basically patched up all kinds of other things. He came to do something new. Because I'll be honest with you folks, it's very much the testimony of the apostles in the New Testament that the ritual and all of the things that they had to do according to the law was was a burden to them. And they couldn't keep it. It was a defeating thing. In fact, think about that. How many of you have been defeated because you didn't have your devotions? You didn't get to spend time in prayer. And what you were defeated by wasn't that you didn't get to spend time with Jesus. What you were defeated by is you didn't get to do your ritual. You understand? See, Jesus did not, is not about patching up old systems of spiritual ritual. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Life with Jesus and rituals are incompatible. That's what he's talking about here. Life with Jesus and rituals are incompatible. What are you saying, George? Here's what I'm saying. I want you to hear what I'm saying. If you don't leave here with anything else today, I want you to leave here with this. You want something more in your Christian life? You want to go deeper with Jesus? Listen to me. Simply just praying more. Reading your Bible more. Showing up here more. And we want you to show up here more. Okay, don't use it. Well, George said I didn't have to come. We want you here, okay? But simply doing those things aren't going to give you a deeper relationship with Jesus. Listen to me. It's not going to happen. It's not going to provide you with the joy that you want. Because the life with Jesus is incompatible with doing a whole bunch of stuff. The life with Jesus 
is you having a relationship with the living God, the resurrected Christ through the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? It's more than just your ritual. It's a relationship with him throughout the day. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's more than just your prayer time. It's more than just you reading the Bible. It's you interacting with him day by day. You say, isn't that a ritual? No, it's not a ritual, folks. It's not a ritual. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I want think about it. Here, let me, I'm going to give it to you in a human perspective, okay? 20, it'll be 23 years. Huh? I better get it right. <laughs> 23 years ago, I married this wonderful lady. It's going to be 23 years. I met her 25 years ago. All right? I've told you that before. Super Bowl party at my house at Liberty University. Friend brings his fiance. Fiance's roommate's Lori. She just blew me away. She wasn't impressed with me at all. Still not. Um, okay. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you can relate to this because you can think back to when you were, you were courting your gal or guy or sparking. Okay? Here's why I want you to listen to me. Okay? Do you think she would have had time for me if my interaction with her was purely ritual? Did you understand what I'm saying? Do you think she would have said, I do, I will, if, if it was purely ritual? Hi, I'm making my daily call to you today. How are you doing? Here's what's going on in my life. I'll talk to you same time tomorrow. Isn't that our prayer life? Now, some of you, that's your marriages now. Shouldn't be that way, should it? Listen, this is what I'm trying to say to you. Grasp the point and think of it in terms of the reality of humanity that you are right now. Relationships aren't built that way, are they? Why do we think that relationship with God is any different? But we reduce it down to what? Ritual. You know what? I'm going to tell you something, man. I remember, <laughs> I remember working at Liberty. I was a graduate assistant in the youth ministry area, and the secretary would say, hey, "That's a call for you, George." And I'd say, "Hello," and it was her. You think there was joy? Yeah, there was joy because I got to talk to her. Some of you are smiling because you remember those times. Remember? Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's where the joy comes from. It's interacting with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Life with Jesus and ritual are incompatible. Here's the, here's the final thing. True spirituality is found in something new, a relationship. True spirituality is not in how much are you reading your Bible, how much are you praying, I mean, that's all that's good. Don't, don't leave here and say, George says, oh, I don't need to read my Bible anymore. I don't need to pray. No, 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 no. no, no. Prayer is talking to God. But what I'm talking about is the mindless stuff that we do. But see, true spirituality isn't found in that. True spirituality is found in something new, which some of us need to get. That's a relationship. 
a relationship with Jesus. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.